Welcome to episode 9 of I Like People, a music review and community interest podcast. Today is Thursday, April 4th, 2019. My name is Maxime, and I like people. To those brand new algorithms out there that need to learn a little more about soul, try listening to some folk music and my interview with Paige, coming up right now. Ooh. 
To I like people. <laughs> yeah, I listened to the one with Bella. I was like, wow, this is so radio. <laughs> oh no. Like got it. Uh, I reading fairy tales in Whitney's room. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, all right. Are you ready for the seven questions to save humanity? Yes. All right. Uh, Cam from last episode suggested we update the first question. I'm a little worried that it turned out intense and hostile. So can you please answer the question and then maybe help me figure out a better way to ask it? Uh, I feel like my my, uh, tolerance for intense and hostile is pretty high. (laughs) Okay. That's really strong of you to say. Okay, cool. We're like warriors here. That goes for any of these questions, actually, if you come up with a better way of phrasing this. Anyway, question one is, what are your preferred pronouns? Where does your name come from? And what's your deal? (laughs) I like that. Um, My preferred pronouns are she or they. I feel like for a while I was saying they or she, and I feel like I've sort of dipped back into this, like, really like female energy place but i feel like i'm still carrying a lot of they around with me or around as me and my name my name is Paige. it comes from well my mom wanted to name me Paige because there was like a cool older mature and put together and confident and nice girl on her softball team named Paige. And so I played softball and fulfilled the right of my name. And then I never got played. (laughs) Um, But also I looked it up once when I was young in what might have been a storybook or maybe I just saw it on the internet or something, but a page like a page boy, which is kind of like a, like a server. Like a squire or something maybe. Yeah, I can't remember i feel like it would definitely be worth looking up again because it's kind of what i go by but i'm not sure and then carlson is my last name carl's son carl's son someone was the son of carl in my lineage most likely yeah that sounds like likely (laughs) my middle name is Catherine, which is my grandma's name my mom wanted to name me katie but that was the name of my dad's previous girlfriend of nine years so she named me Paige Catherine carlson and my sister jane kate carlson (laughs) she snuck in her way (laughs) (laughs) 
my deal is that right now I feel like I'm trying to bring together things or practices or ways of being that I feel like need to live together that I feel like have also been separated by whatever is happening in society right now like I feel I got an art degree um and I consider myself an artist but I'm kind of on a break right now um and I really want to do some farming in the future and that's sort of coming closer and closer um and I've done and continue to do like community organizing and I'm also learning some herbal medicine right now. And uh, wiggle fingers for that. That's yeah. our old co-op code for, <laughs> I support what you're saying without interrupting, but unfortunately that doesn't work on the <laughs> yeah, audio. Yeah. Yeah. And so I feel like all of those things like would be the same thing. And I would be learning them from an older woman or an older man or someone who, you know, lives in their home and is a community healer by the way of art and herbalism and having a garden and all these things. But right now it's kind of this like wild mad dash to try to do them all at the same time. That's what I'm doing. (laughs) Wow, that's amazing. It sounds almost like you're seeking shamanism or a Wiccan path. Yeah, totally. And I found actually a lot of my, um, a lot of the art that I worked on in school had a lot of, it was a lot about the bathroom and it was a lot too about like children's toys and children's media. And I was actually reading this book, which I think is called The History of Witchcraft. And they talk about how myth and the sort of practice of like the old healers and the witchcraft has been preserved in children's media and I was kind of like yeah (laughs) I was like I can tell Hmm. I want to send you wow that's really true like I mean people criticize Disney sometimes quite rightly for their they're hidden messages, and but some of them are very based on dark magic and trauma and working with trauma energy and mm-hmm. things like that. So already in like the most massively popular corporations that control uh, the, the children's narratives, we see that. But then also it's true that even in goofy things mm-hmm. like fairy tales or let's say... Dr. Seuss or something. There's there's an edge there that's kind of just under the surface of that um, attractive, like blobby blob. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dr. Seuss actually had some prolific political cartoons. Like there are published volumes of his political cartoons, and they're in the same style as the books we know and love. It makes a lot of sense, but it's also kind of alarming. <laughs> it's yeah. like the peak of the children's media is so powerful. Like a lot of what I was working on when I was in art school is all the warping, you know? Like if you've seen Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yes, yes. With designs like, by, ah, shoot. White. 
Gary Panter helped mm-hmm. with some of the set. He was a cartoonist yeah. and others. One of my favorite stories, secret stories about that show is Wayne White, one of the people who's doing the set design. They were just like, like sort of manically making it on the TV schedule and they would be working so hard that sometimes he would have to sleep in Pee Wee's bed. <laughs> like on the set. It was like, oh, that's so good. I mean, not good because of the cult, the overwork <laughs> culture, but a sweet, a sweet, sweet, story. excellent story of dedication. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of permissions in children's media that people are just like so willing to accept and so willing to also be a part of. You know, like reading a book to a kid. It's like you're also reading the book. You know, it's like you. Yes. <laughs> The kid is not just going to come out reading this book out of nowhere. And a lot of times, you know, if you're taking care of a kid and they're watching a show, like you're getting a lot of that. And so I think like part of, I don't even know. It's just so there, you know, it's so present. But there's this like thin line where we're like, it's not, it's not us. It's the, it's kids. It's kid. Oh, very interesting. Children's media. Like kids. Right. Well, we have to create this bubble of protection. We have to protect children. We, and, and then there's this strangeness where the thing that we're protecting them with can also be like, you know, like they, a kid can like just grab something and use it wrong. Mm-hmm. And so similarly with um, all the mental pictures we give them. Mm, yeah, totally. And I think too, like I didn't, I didn't have cable when I was younger. I had TPT, which is like PBS Educational Children's Programming. Yeah. And I think that some of those were really good. Like I really liked Arthur because Arthur was like trying so hard all the time and just kind of like making a fool of himself. But some of them were so like some of the characters in those shows were so like, okay, we are now learning the ABCs and I never make a mistake and I'm always perfect. And I feel like those shows were like way more harmful than whatever they were like trying to dish up, you know, whatever like tiny science tidbit I learned from that show was like not as important as how like destructive it was to watch someone like never ever mess up. Ah, I think of that often when I look at those children's books that are like, turn the page to discover this color. I understand you need uh, some maybe object to have the kid focus on, but you don't need to teach kids numbers and colors and maybe even letters that way. A lot of kids will just pick it up and absorb it like a sponge, but it's almost for the entertainment of the adult to get that book and assume that, well, I need to do this because my kid is stupid. I need to give them knowledge. You know, there's this desperation about it. And it's like, you don't talk to a child like an adult, but there's a certain level of, of uh, intelligence that we, we don't assume of them in our culture sometimes. Maybe I'm getting off track. No, it's all on the same track. <laughs> It'll all bleed back in. Sounds like your deal is focusing on making connections to heal society in the ways that, that you feel opportunities to do so. So I I see that as a very healing medicine person role. Yeah, I hope so. I think, I feel like I'm in this tension 
of being primarily an artist and realizing through a lot of failure and a lot of like ego death that me making like brilliant little videos is not going to really help anybody. (laughs) Ah, but it's so satisfying sometimes. (laughs) But yeah, I know what you, I know exactly what you're saying though. And I think that like, and along with that, I think that those things are really powerful tools. Like I was, I haven't really, like, I feel like in the last year or so, I haven't really let myself make any work because I'm just like, I've been so obsessed with this idea of presentational versus like useful so i was listening to a um a james baldwin talk what was it called it was called like the artist and the morality of the artist or something and i was just like had this big lump of clay in my hands and i was just like you know what (laughs) i'm just gonna do this because it's been so long and i ended up making i can send you a picture of it um and you can put it on if you want, but I made this like yeah. earlier before that I was researching animals of um, Sweden and Finland and Norway um, and Ireland, which is where most of my ancestors came from. And really just looking at their bodies and thinking like, wow, those, that's like the bodies. They're so similar to the bodies of the animals in this region, which is Minneapolis, which is unceded occupied Dakota territory. And so I was just like, just trying to feel that in a different way. And so I was making this clay blob and I sort of started forming it into one of the animals. And then I saw on my shelf, um, I have this toy Barbie, I think it is, dresser, but it's really, it's got these really long and straight legs, which were just like the fox's long and straight legs that I was looking at. So I blended those together and I like used the the legs of the dresser to be the legs of the fox character and then I made a hole in its I've been really into holes lately and I we can talk more about that there are these (laughs) Irish healing wells and I'm just like oh I feel like it's my body remembering the wells like I have to like recreate the holes or I'm drawn to the holes or something but I made a hole in the stomach of this dresser animal and it was just like so I don't know why I needed to make this but this is like so important and I I just trust that this is gonna that this will weave together with all of the other things that I feel like are useful because I know that this is needed you know I I see that completely yeah and I I think that we can uh, as artists get obsessed with presentation and also then have a crashing and and like this presentation didn't work it's not effective mm-hmm. but there but there's almost a third way between that which is the the compulsion to constantly create towards uh this indescribable feeling mm-hmm. and then step back from the result and and uh keep trying to improve it in that way i want to share that i also have some irish background um, ethnicity. And when my father and I were working with wood and to recently, we were actually installing a floor and such, but um, he was talking about yeah how this was in our roots. And I always had this strange feeling towards furniture and, mm. and hard 90 degree angles 
<laughs> and things that are basically symbols of the colonialist culture and yet at the same time also it was nice to hear him say that you know this is this is a part of who we are as well it can be used for good um it doesn't have to be used to smush out and um unseat colonize etc that's a whole other big topic because my also hot on my mind i've just been so i've been trying to reroute this energy because it doesn't feel useful but i've been like so upset about the built environment lately like everything's a square the sidewalk's a square we're like covering up the whole earth with our like pavement you know and i feel like i had been trying to run to the forest like whatever that means now you know I feel I feel you. Yeah, and I was reading um my great grandfather on my mother's side um on her dad's side. Um he wrote this book called My Minneapolis which I apologize for. <laughs> I will be the the lineage that apologizes for that title. <laughs> um, but he like within that he's talking about how like they're building the homes like they are in Norway and they're like making it really cozy. And there's this person that comes from Norway or that came from Norway to here to like review how cozy the homes were. And I'm like, okay, so it's in my direct lineage, like the, the proudness about the creation of this type of built environment that I now despise and understand is like very unhealthy for the ecosystem and our collective survival and so i'm like how can i begin to like jackhammer the sidewalk away (laughs) oh i've had that feeling so much i want to say something towards that though that's positive um just as uh, hopefully this is helpful Mm -hmm. we we should be aware that nature itself does work in polarities and 90 degree angles at times. I mean, that's why we have the sun and the moon moving the way they do. Mm. Um, you know, everything maybe is round ultimately, but mm. at the same time, um, shamans and people who around the world looked to organize a- and understand a-, a map about the world almost universally used four directions mm. and and put squares and circles and circles and squares. Mm. And, and so I want to say that, yes, there is, um, there's a positive and a negative to any, any kind of view and, and that maybe there's something still reconcilable there out of that. Yeah. Thank you for that. That was a helpful reality check. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I'm, I'm totally with you so much on this that I feel like we could have a five-hour podcast just about um, where we're at mentally as artists. But I'm going to move on to the second question just to, to okay, keep us yeah. going. Yeah. Uh, it, it's actually kind of related. The second question is, what does being human mean to you? Mm. Yeah, I read that question on the on the list of questions before this and I was like what do I say (laughs) (laughs) and I think especially like I feel like 
over the past four years or so, I've gone through this really, like, this place of being, like, humans, at least me, are bad for the ecosystem. And I've sort of been, like, slicing myself out of the ecosystem and, like, feeling really, like, we're bad for the survival of other things but like I don't exactly not want to be alive and I've just been like in that tension for so long and I think I'm Mm. I'm kind of cresting out of it but I feel like I don't know I feel like being a human in the way that I experience it is like having a capacity to make things up in our minds and live there while also having our bodies be in a real sensory place. And I don't know, I was recently out of a Pashna meditation retreat and they're like, that imagination is kind of what they cite as the source of all misery is that you're, what you imagine doesn't match up with the sensations that you're experiencing. Mm, I can relate to at least that, that concept on some level, but I, but I love imagination. Yeah, I do too. And so I'm kind of like, was it, what does it mean to be a human being or what is a human being? Uh, what is, what does being human mean to you? But, but if you, but if you think that that may be, I mean, the framing of the question is so, <laughs> suggestive of of the answer that i mean you could ask it maybe like how do you feel being human or what is a human i just i'm not sure how exactly to get at this question yeah no i think it's a good question i think because i feel like it does a nice thing of bringing you back into a concept that feels really alive, you know? We are the humans, like, we are the trees, you know? But I feel like Mm. very rarely am I, like, I'm, like, a part of this thing. Like, I think I, I feel like being a human, you have the capacity to observe, but if you abuse it, then you spiral into this weird place, (laughs) you know? I don't know. I think I like being human. I think... Sometimes I look at trees and I'm like, that looks so peaceful and hard and and I don't know if that's what I want, you know? Like sometimes I fit, like sometimes I'm like, oh, if I was just a tree, but then it's like, but I really just don't feel that way. (laughs) I love (laughs) love imagining your inner voice as, uh, I wish I was just a tree. <laughs> you know, but some I like to I really like to describe things or myself like a, one I've really liked lately is like a stem. You know, it's like the green like it's green and kind of bendy and kind of like wet and and strong but still not so hard, but that's like in time, you know. But, I don't know. You just spoke to something super deep for me. <laughs> <laughs> like you just blew my mind. Like, whoa, like a human being is 
just a component of a larger organism. <laughs> what? Yeah. So I don't know. I also, I've been thinking, I've been, dance is another one of the things that is sort of in body work is within my realm of trying to get to and mix back together. And I think that what I want from that or what I experience from embodying that is like, it's, it's there and it's gone, kind of like music. But it's like, there's this also this residue of like having done it and having done it with your full body, like you don't leave anything behind when you dance. Like even if something is, like even if your hand is kind of dragging in an awkward way that maybe doesn't look considered, it's like still part of the movement of your body. Wow. And it's also like the, 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 like when it comes together, like I'm taking this class that meets every Wednesday from 9.30 to 11.30 in the morning. And the teachers who have been teaching it, they co-teach it, um, hijack their dance duo. And they've been teaching it that same day, that same time for 18 years. And so it's like when I come to the class, I'm, I'm sort of jumping into this gathering that's been happening over 18 years. And like my body is being a part of that. And then I leave and then it happens again or I miss it. And like, I think the distinction is so, I don't know what to do with it, but I just like need to do it. You know, like, I think it's so funny because I'm not, I got an art degree and I did a little bit of performance art and I was never really interested in dance as a young child. Like so many of the the people in this class were that like did ballet when they were a kid. I was just like not into it. But for some reason this class has become like, I'm like, I can't have a regular work week job because I need to go to this class. It's just like so imperative. You're such an artist. (laughs) I love it. You're just drawn to the things that other people might not understand, like how how it's just so vital it is so vital. yeah you you recognize when you need to do something and you're like yes a a lot of people i think even artists at times are are kind of just like do i want this i don't know but but for some reason i i I just i tend to think that artists are more i need to do this now you don't understand (laughs) i need i'm gonna really need to yeah every time i've been trying to leave minneapolis i just like think about this class or I've just like, how can I get that same thing? And it's like, I can't because they've been doing it for 18 years and it's so specific. And it's like, let me, I'm going to try to find this. Um, Oh, here it is. Okay. This is a quote from my, this is so me freshman year of college. This is what this is from that. I still have this. Um, But it's an interview with Robert Gober who Um, is this artist that makes all these really strange like big sinks and wax castings of arms and stuff but he's getting interviewed by the Brooklyn Rail and they ask him what does it mean to be an artist and he says there's a little pause in brackets um, and it says I think it's trusting some inexplicable voice within yourself it's too cosmic a question in a way what is it to be an artist it's trusting that the Uh, It's trusting that voice in yourself that asks you to focus on an object, even if it doesn't make sense to do it in the face of all the other things you have to do in life. It's (laughs) trusting the inexplicable, (laughs) that thing that doesn't make sense but bugs you and doesn't let you alone. 
And in the yes. in the thing I was listening Amen. to um, with James Baldwin yesterday, it's the same thing. It's like he he was using this metaphor about um, like there's this house that you come across as an artist and it has everything you need in it. And it's like, the people are like, come in, there's food, there's this, there's that. There's like company. And he was like, even if you go in for a little bit and even if they want you to be there, you can't stay. <laughs> you have to leave and you have to keep doing whatever it is you're doing. And I feel like at this point in my life, that has become more clear. And I think I've also been really wrestling with the, like, artist versus organizer versus, like, all of these different things. But I'm just, like, I feel like so many of my friends from high school, like, have jobs or, like, it, like doing all these things. And I'm just, like, I'm so far from it. And... I also like have this weird thing where I'm like, maybe I want to go in the house and then I try and then I'm always really repelled. And I I think you've answered a lot about what being human means. It sounds, it's about your artistry in a way. Yeah, I think so. And I think I feel like yes to that question. And also like one of the things I'm, interested in working on and feels like very far away but like the most important thing is how the artistry becomes like how I can take the essence out of presentational objects and like weave it into my life and I think I've been really jealous lately of like people who like do I don't know like body workers and like wow they're just how do they live their lives where they're just healing people all the time? And what else do they do? I don't know. Maybe I'm off topic, but I'm... Um, that but sounds good. It sounds like, uh, you know, you're in a certain place in your studies about, about, what, uh, about your becoming. And mm-hmm. so I hear you talking about your interest to that. This is, this is awesome. I think everyone <laughs> is... I, I, I am excited to... to to see what you'll do next and what you'll present next mm-hmm. after, after all that you integrate next. You need, um, to hide. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get into one of those healing holes and then come out and like, this is what I found. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah. the third question is, well, it was, is there any is there anything else that you would describe care to describe your experience on earth as or something like that but now i i'm tempted to change it to something else um because really the the impetus behind that question is really have you ever just had a paranormal experience that stayed with you to this day Mm, yes i yes and i feel like more are coming and the first time that i had um a experience like that oof I'm getting chills because <laughs> I'm I'm sitting in my room right now and ever since I set up um this altar last September I feel like there's been some like really weird and angry energy here and I mm. and I tried to like heal it bring it out and it's still kind of staying have you contacted a medium about maybe um seeing if if you can 
clear the negative energy? Um, I tried to. Actually, the person I talked to wasn't a medium. It was someone who talked to a lot of mediums. And when I did talk to a medium, I asked about my love life instead. Ah, <laughs> oh, so tempting. I know. Yeah, I should actually, I could call her up though because, but I'm also leaving this space. And so I think it's the kind of thing where if I was going to plan to be here for a really long time, I feel like then I would be like, okay, this is mine. This is like my area. But I think that because I'm going, it feels like okay to let it be. Yeah, that's everyone's yeah. got to make that call for sure. Like, am I, uh, am I like offending something, or can I just leave because really this is not really that important? You know, like there's all these stories on Reddit that are like, I see this shadow person, and sometimes I dream they're holding me by the neck up in the corner of my room, and it's really terrifying. And the comments are like, you should probably seek a medium about that, and they're like, no, I'm good. I'm just kind of gotten used to it now. Yeah, it's really, you know, I've been really thinking about or just trying to feel it out, you know, like how, because uh, I feel like it changes a lot about how I think about kind of money, you know, in this way of like, you think like a room is a room and you rent a room or a house is a house and you buy a house and you do your thing in the house, but it's like, that like the, or maybe money is not exactly it, but the way that I think about moving materially is that you can move materially, but that's not the whole picture. And I don't know, being scared is like so visceral and so like not something you can do except to do it and like move through it, hmm. you know? Like, I, I was, like, in my room the other day, and a piece of paper fell, and I screamed, and I didn't, and I didn't <laughs> oh, even, like, I didn't even, no, it's okay, I didn't even think I was so scared, but then I was just, like, really freaked out about it, but I think what I've been feeling lately is that it's not my fear, it's, like, the fear of whatever being is here in this space, and so I've been trying to just be, like, I can, for whatever reason, I can feel this fear, but I know that this thing can't hurt me because I feel like otherwise it would have, you know, like it doesn't seem like there's yeah, any right. incentive to wait and it doesn't feel like the fear is um, like, I feel like it's not getting to my core. And so for that reason, I feel like it's the fear of this other being that I can feel and I don't. And I feel like I tried to do the, like, um, cleansing or the, like, pulling out in a really healing way. Like, the whole way I was like, okay, do you want to be free? Like, do you want to come to the light? Like, I will release you from this space. Like, and maybe some of it went, you know, like, I don't, I don't really know, aside from what I can intuitively feel, how these things work. But it seems like whatever it was, like, is still kind of stuck. I wonder if it's, you know, in my ethnicity, I've looked back and discovered this Tengrism stuff that um, was part of my, um, gosh, that sounds really like a disrespectful way of referring to it. Look, there's Tengrism. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and 
it's there's a shamanism in that which describes a multiple souls mm. that we have like we're there's maybe a part of us which stays on earth when we die a part which maybe roams the earth or which is more connected to elementals a part which ascends um, maybe a part that's connected to a, a higher life mm. a light a higher ecosystem but it's also possible that people have apparently bilocated or encountered themselves in a way that was unexpected. And mm-hmm. when you when you talk about this, what's coming to my mind is that uh, this is something that may be a part of you or is interacting with a part of you, mm-hmm. but um, but that part is not necessarily the conscious part or the mm-hmm. fully conscious part. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I had it when I was in New Mexico, actually, I had a dream that whatever this was in my bedroom at my parents' house, like, came to me or, like, revealed itself in full, in, like, a visible body. And I was, like, so scared, but just because of the reveal, fear about a stranger, Mm. but the actual being was, like, really upset that I had left and really, like, angry. But I was so, like, I was so scared that I couldn't, like, feel my feelings about it, which later I feel like I was like, wow, I'm really sorry that you're so upset that I left. I didn't understand, and I don't feel like any of my actions were such that you and I would be in any type of relationship where you would be upset that I left, you know? Like, I feel like I was very, this is my space, and... Yeah, so I don't know. It's kind of like it feels like a boundaries thing where it's like I feel like I've had a I've had a problem with like people like being like there's energy here like we have to banish it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like it's so I feel like it's so like almost colonial like Absolutely. Okay, anything yeah, that's- here that's in this space, any living plant that's in my yard that's not grass, we have to kill it, you know. It's just like I don't feel that way, but then it's like, if that thing is threatening my well-being, that's when like the, the thing needs to go down, you know? Right, and that I makes sense. Like, or, or maybe if it's threatening the, the community in that area, like mm-hmm. then, okay, then maybe there's, there needs to be some rebalancing of some kind here. Yeah, totally. And I think like, I feel like where I am at with like being afraid, like I think that, I feel like part of the fear is my responsibility where I'm like not really afraid of being hurt. I'm just like afraid of the strangeness. Like I'm afraid to visually see or like feel any type of touch or anything like that. And I think that's like, because I equate strangeness with like malicious behavior. And so for that reason, I'm like, I feel like the fear is okay because I'm like just working through like the art, the fear of our culture that doesn't allow for any type of connection like that. Wow. Yeah. But then also, I mean, fear can be useful. Um, it can be a healthy thing to have for something that is unfamiliar at first. It sounds healthy. Well then um, question four, what is the best way to care for the earth? Mm, to listen (laughs) to listen and 
I, I think to listen and maybe like the same importance as that is to be like, we are the earth, you know? Like, I feel like it's this, uh, what, true. what seems like is causing so much of our, our, our really irresponsible behavior is that we're really like, this is not us. So we don't have to take care of it. You know, like, would you like pave over your arm with cement? Like, no, (laughs) you know, or would you like cut a chunk out of your lung? Like no way. But that's like what we're doing because we don't understand how the earth is us, you know? Wow. We're all getting so sick. Like a lot of my friends are like really sick. And I feel like that's really strange that twenty that like the majority of twenty year olds I know are like really mentally but also physically ill. Hmm, that is so. not a good sign. And and you're right. There there's something strange about our obsession with uh, vivisection mm. as as medicine. Yeah. So, so so listening to the earth, listening to um, like listening to you too, because you are the earth. Oh, that's cool. That's that's yeah. positive. Listening, listening in general. I I hear that. I, I'm trying to listen to that. That's a great answer. It's just just listen. Just listen everywhere. What does community mean to you? Hmm. Uh, the source of ultimate joy and ultimate pain. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Um, what does community mean to me? I feel like I've been I had a really bad breakup um two years ago, and I feel like ever since then, I've been in this like emotional exile, and I think that it's been really good because I've been working through a lot of stuff and I also feel like it's the kind of thing that because I tried for relation really like really earnestly tried for relation and then like hit a wall that now I like hit the wall and I was like, oh crap, I hit the wall. Where did everyone go? And now Hmm. I'm like learning what the wall is made of. Mm, I think this metaphor is falling apart, but basically (laughs) I I I feel like because, because of the trying and this like repeats over my whole life. My most recent one is just like the, the current stage. Like because of the trying and the failure, there's this like extreme aloneness. And then because of that aloneness, you learn kind of like who you are in relation to alone. You which got is like this. Not, not even so alone, you know. And I think I don't know, I feel like the the using romantic partners or otherwise like really close friends as a way to see this is like not even the whole picture, but I feel like community is the, the spaces 
the like full spaces within kind of like a long song of like there's some silence and there's some really full sounds and there's some really funny sounds and there's some really like sweet and tender and harmonious sounds and then there's silence and then there's sounds and I feel like community is kind of like the sounds but your life is like the long thing you know and I think it's like similar to a song if it was just like (laughs) you know or if it was just like all the sounds mixed together at one time it would just like maybe like kill you (laughs) Ah. yeah I don't know I think Maybe everyone in community has their own uh, instruments to play in that metaphor. Like someone is just going, and other people are like, okay, yeah, you just keep doing that. That's cool. Yeah. And I think, I don't know. I feel like for a while since, since I went to um, a bed and breakfast with my parents, on a road trip when I was like 12 and I started like fiendishly imagining like, okay, it's me and my like, my like 12 close or my like, whatever, how many close friends and we all live in this house and we're making breakfast together and we talk about the chores and it's this and it's that. Like, I feel like that sort of sent off a spark for me about like this idea of community being a certain thing. And I think I've been like, I, in my ideals, modifying what that looks like. Like, Community is this, community is that. And then I've been, like, trying so hard to, like, find slash create it. And I think I'm relaxing into this place where it's, like, you know, I'm in community right now. I'm, like, in my parents' house, and I'm looking at a tree at the window, and there's, like, houseplants here, and there's blankets. And I've been thinking of clothes in terms of like plant pulp you know because it's kind of what it is like cotton and um and like silk and wool wool is like animal stuff but things that aren't even plastic you know is like ancient sea bodies and it's like all of these things are existing and i'm existing and we're all together I'm not sure why, but you just make me want to like go to SAS Fabric or like some quilt store and like curl up and fall asleep. Yeah, that's been kind of the turn that my the art in my head has been taking lately. Like, I want to make these um, children's room room hangings that are really sort of like fabricly lush with little um, clay, almost like fetal type little characters, just kind of in a little bowl of fabric. <laughs> well this seems like a a a good transition to the penultimate question which is what projects well it sounds much deeper (laughs) than it actually is what projects or collaborations are you presently most excited about presently i feel most excited excited is like energetic I have the most energy for. I feel like I'm kind of in this place of, um, like I was saying, I, I have all these like little disparate chains of things that I feel really intensely about. 
And I feel like because I've identified all these things and I'm sort of like starting to practice each one, I feel like the way that those seem like they want to develop is like whenever the person comes or the, the, I don't, I don't really want to say opportunity, but whenever the situation arises such that that aspect of this big thing that I want to practice, whenever they arrive, then I will go with them until it's time to leave. And then I will go another place. And I feel like, so it's not maybe one specific thing that I feel like I'm excited about, but I feel like it's the, it's the knowing that I've created of what I need and knowing that something is bound to arise in that area and knowing that I'll go. Like I know I'll and today was really funny. I was walking home. I was like almost home and this cat came up to me that I had noticed in the yard early in the morning. And I was like, oh, what it would be like to be a cat. <laughs> but I was like, I don't really want to be a cat. But I'm happy that cat's doing their thing. And the cat came up to me and I was like, oh, like hi. And I was petting them and it was really sweet. And then I was like, I wonder if this cat will follow me. And it did. And so I walked down to the creek. Um, which is right by where I'm living and the cat followed me and I was like sitting in the sun at the edge of the water um, writing down about the dance class that I was taking and the cat was kind of like sitting by me like walking on me like touching its nose their nose to my nose and I was sitting in the sun and I was just like, how did this happen? (laughs) I've never even, I've never, I lived with a cat for a couple of months, but I've never even had, you know, a cat. And I feel like people who have cats like dream about this moment. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, and some woman walked by and just like smiled. And then, and I was just like, wow, I bet she thinks that this is like my cat and we go do this every day. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And then I like followed the cat, like the cat followed me and then I followed it or I followed them and then it was over and then I did some more stuff. I feel like I got everything I wanted out of that or like I didn't even want anything, but it was just really nice. And then it was over and then I was like, okay, the next thing. And so I feel like really, I feel like that's kind of how it's going to go and kind of how it's going to go because I keep making plans and then I keep just doing whatever I you're you're you've got the the golden thread you you, you're you've got that so that's great that's that's the life thread you know that's amazing you're in the flow yeah it feels good i'm i'm reading this book which i would recommend to anyone Susie orman the nine steps i have it right here let me read the subtitle the nine steps to financial freedom, practical and spiritual steps so you can stop worrying. <laughs> oh, nice. And I feel like I've been, I feel like that's kind of what I've been discovering is that within this book is like, she's kind of like, you. it doesn't matter how much money you have as long as you have a plan. I was like, oh, I can stop trying to like create and then I go to grad school and then I wake up at this time and then I do this and then I do this. It's like, I can just know what I need and know how I want to act in relation to it. And that's like, that's all that you can really do, you know? 
That's amazing. That sounds like the answer to the last question, which is how can we all realize more human happiness together? Just realizing that, I don't know, it reminds me of E.F. Schumacher, his little motto, which was something like, enough is good, too much is bad. (laughs) Yeah, let me, I'm actually, I'm reading this other book that is also right here. It is called Pleasure Activism and Politics of Feeling Good. So funny. That's the second book that like you and my dad are reading right now. He just got that one. The other one was Resma Manikim with his, uh, my grandmother's healing hands. Yeah. These two people probably know each other. Um, Written and gathered by Adrienne Marie Brown. But she talks about, this like just came out and... um, Oh, it is such a gem. It is just, like, I feel like she's on the forefront of the best um, justice organizing that this country knows, you know? Like, she's so plugged in. Is it Uh, triggering to say that she's woke? She is woke. She's (laughs) (laughs) post-woke. Post, she's living in a post-woke world. Um, A central aspect of pleasure activism is tapping into the natural abundance that exists within and between us and between our species and this planet. Okay, skipping a couple lines. So rather than encouraging moderation over and over, I want to ask you to relinquish your own longing for excess and to stay mindful of your relationship to enough. How much sex would be enough? How high would be high enough? How much love would feel like enough? Can you imagine being healed enough, happy enough, connected enough, having enough space in your life to actually live it? Can you imagine being free enough? Do you understand that you, as you are, who you are, is enough? Shed a tear first time I read that. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. That's I think that's probably even more poetic and better articulated than E.F. Schumacher's Small is Beautiful, which was my favorite for a while. Yeah. I think, too, I was, when I was in New Mexico, I met this man who was like, within our lifetime, the earth is going to tilt 90 degrees on its axis. And he's like, it's happened before. That's why all of the... um, like land masses that are melting that they're uncovering is just like frozen clods of animals because that, you know, like things got flash frozen. And I feel like when he said that, I was really like, wow, this really like both changes and doesn't change how I go about my life to like have this idea that one day, one like seemingly random, but obviously cosmic and, and like known in that way like the earth might shift and everything we know will change but also like everything will stay the same i don't know i feel like that that cosmic of a or that like large scale everyone involved in a change made me be really calm i was like okay so then what what would we do (laughs) you know i was like you know but it's still i'm still like Man, I need to get a, a Roth IRA. <laughs> What's that you now? It's like a retirement account. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. Like, who that's knows, funny. you know? But it's like, <laughs> That's so funny. Your mind is like, well, yeah, it's time yeah. to 
time to invest in the motley fool. <laughs> it's like I need to get I need to get a retirement account and I also need to learn how to eat roots. <laughs> and they're both equally uh, important. I am so I am in mourning for my great grandmother Monefa who mm. who would knew all that from Russia, Mother Russia. She had all the the roots and mm. the bark and the things. She was like, this is what you can do. This is how you can eat this, how you can heal here. She was, she was what you and I are like, I think seeking towards right now, like this, oh my gosh, this knowledgeable sage person. Can Dang I, it. Can I read you this thing that I wrote, my intentions for the herbal medicine course that I'm taking? Because I think, like, I feel like, I've, I feel a lot of more, I feel like almost constant mourning for that too, wrapped in with like, like all these women got like buried by the sidewalk, you know, but I feel like we still know it, you know, cause we still, we're like looking for it. I'm going to go, I'm going to yes. go get it. Oh, that's a beautiful right statement. Thank you. Okay. We still know it because we are looking. Yes, yeah. yes, okay. yes, yes. Ready, ready for the quote. I can't remember if it was prompted, but I felt like I needed, it was such a like moment where I've been kind of afraid of herbal medicine. Like I'm like, oh, this is so complex. It's so lost, you know, like if I wanted to really learn it, shouldn't I be learning from a old woman in a shed like when I was seven? But <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of like, you know what, that's not the, that's not what's happening. And I'd rather start now, you know? So, okay. Plant path intentions and questions. To heal with attention. I can feel the world crying under the sidewalk. Scarcity buzzing in our brains as we scan the broken and constricted landscape. Our anger, our energy to break these blockages. Our relationships who counsel us, commune with seeds and love in the stripped out pits, attention to the sickness and damage, searching while humming vibration back into stagnation. Where are the roots of these sicknesses? And weaving them back into community of our plant loves, of what has been taken from the hands of the strong and gentle listeners, we take them back and spread our love as a protective quilt of the hairs and pulps of our loving friends. We continue alongside slim green beings, flat and fronded, sewing their grandchildren into tender beds, caring for them as days spin on and watching, seeing in the still wild landscapes, kind ecosystems sharing directions as being. I can make it to where they live. I can sow the seeds and hold the medicine. Before I have been afraid of these ways, feeling insufficient to the task, now I hear my name being called from deep in the ground to up above the leaves. Know us, fill us into where we have been pushed from, regrow the land. Check. Ah, <laughs> uh, wow. I think you actually sounded like a shaman then. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I reread that and I was like, damn, I can't believe I wrote that. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. No, You're on your way. You're on your way. Yeah. God damn, it's so sad. And it's like the only, it's <sighs> the only thing that I care about. And so it's kind of like, I feel like for a while, and I really remember this a lot, is when I was living at the co-op and Whitney was gardening. And she was like, do you want to garden with me? I wanted to so badly, but I said no, because I was like, no, I'm afraid I'm going to mess it up. Yeah. It's like, I don't and I feel like that is the scary tension you know that like keeps Mm -hmm. us from what needs to be done is that we believe that we can't do the thing that we know we need to do all right then in that case I will just ask you the last question how can we all realize more human happiness (laughs) together um I feel like we really have to face the pain that exists, you know, like really just be it. Like if you're sad, just be sad. And if you're sick, just be sick. And if you're mad, you know, like I think I'm not saying like, like spread your, your crap all over everyone and everybody. But like, I've noticed that when I resist things that I know just need to pass, you know? Like when you're holding in a big fart and everyone can see. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you just, it, like, it just, it just needs to go. It just needs to move, you know? And I, and I can say that in words and I can also like, I have like a tension headache right now. You know, I'm not, I'm not like free from, it but i think that i'm realizing that the holding and especially like holding on to pain and holding on to pleasure is like that's not its nature and just everything's just moving and there's this um maybe i want to read one more thing which is a poem from this is the last poem in an amazing and epic book called body map by Leah, I don't know how to say her name. I will try. Leah Lakshmi Pipsena Samarasina. So wrong that I, how I said that. Uh, well, thank yeah. you so much for, be, for, for being willing to um, share with us these texts. It's been really yeah. cool to have that in this podcast. So yeah, please go, go for it. Okay. Um, she is an amazing writer, artist, um, queer disability justice, um, amazing person. I would highly recommend any of her work. Um, and this is, again, the last poem in an amazing poem book. It's called The Worst Thing in the World. This is the truth. Every worst thing you can imagine will come true. You and your ex-BFF will be asked to keynote a conference together and both of you will say yes. Your daughter will indeed hate you. Mothering and living are both losing propositions. That's no reason not to do them. The answer is in what comes after, what you answered the worst thing in the world with. Already in the after future, breathe in, breathe out. Everything is not going to stop changing on you. Hey, you sick sauce survivor stunner. And then there's a little footnote phrase by Kay Ulande Barrett.
You who asked a lot will not always have the right answer. We've always come on boats. We're going to keep coming. We know the waves and rough water. Bless the rough water and the small boats. Bless the worst thing. Check. <laughs> Bless the worst thing. That reminds me of something very... Bless the sidewalk. <laughs> yeah right yeah. bless the, that's like one of those old curses well bless your heart mm. you know there, there's a one of the nicest things I heard recently was a confirmation about a, a healing practice where like the best energy you could give something is to just tell it these four things and I think those things were I forgive you Mm. I'm sorry. Thank you. Mm. I love you. Mm. Mm. In the dance class that I take, we always say, or our teacher promises to say after every dance, thank you and I'm sorry. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what uh. were the... I love you, and what was the other one? I'm not sure the critical order, but I think it's um, I forgive you and... and oh, I forgive you. I forgive you. And I'm sorry. Oh, I'm but, sorry. you know, as long as it's all there, I think <laughs> that's the important thing. There is one other question I have before we get to music. It's, um, if you're willing, you can pass. We have a question now from the previous guest and then you can ask a question of the next guest even though we don't know who that is yet so if you're willing their question is can you describe your secret wunderbar life <laughs> mm -hmm. can i get a definition of wunderbar i actually w is not the best person to tell you but my understanding is that a, a, a simple straightforward translation from german would be uh wonderful can you describe your secret, secret wunderbar life. life? My secret wonderful life is weird chunks during the day when I'm traversing usually the city and I happen to be so alone, but I'm in the city and it's so empty of human bodies in some places that are so large. And I feel like when I'm in those days, a lot of times it happens on Wednesday after the dance class because I'm already, it, it like spits me out into downtown at like 11.30. And, and I feel like I can really connect into something. And I don't know what it is, but it happens really randomly in these times. And I feel like just like wells of gratitude and understanding about why all of this is happening but it's even deeper than why you know it's just like i feel like i'm a part of all the churning but it only really happens like randomly midday wow that's <laughs> when a... i'm alone and i don't have like other things i need to be doing yeah huh or i do but i'm procrastinating them <laughs> It's like hyper present. 
hyper presence. Wow. Also, maybe I'm getting sick. Oh <laughs> no. Bloody. But not in a not in a bad way. Just in like a feel kind of like here we go. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I I was there a few days ago actually. I was just like, okay, this is gonna happen. Well, I'm gonna take my measures. Showered hot water on the back of my head and drank water and napped whenever I felt like this is. I I just I can't do this anymore. I need a nap. And I was just yeah, sick, sick for a bit. Uh, I was going to say, I threw up for the first time in like 10 years last month. And it was like so epic. It was, I feel like it was like really awesome. Like, awesome. <laughs> because You've I've been building it I up. Just, because I hadn't done it for so long and I've been like holding and holding and holding. And I was like, oh, I need to throw up, but I haven't done it in 10 years. I'm like so scared and so like freaked out. <laughs> And then I just, like, got in the shower, and I, like, kind of chugged this, like, magnesium powder in water. And then I just opened my mouth and, like, projectile vomited. (laughs) And it was so... And then it was kind of done, you know? And I was like, wow, that was just, like, so bananas. (laughs) That was, like... I don't even know. I was kind of, like... Ah... I don't know. Yeah, everyone got sick in this house um, uh, ways back, and they just vomited and had like a fever for a night, and then they're like, I'm good. But I was like, no, I don't think I need to vomit, and mine lasted like three weeks. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. In this book that Whitney actually gave me, it talks about... um, inflammation and like mucus and stuff when you suppress like you're suppressing your body's um internal wisdom by like holding in your stuff that it's trying to get out you know yeah you gotta flush let's clean and you're like yes you gotta clean out that lymph system the lymph system is so important it's like three quarters of our liquid or something and oh gosh there's so much about that, I mean, with I just interviewed Dr. Morse last month, and he he talks about how just eating a ton of organic sweet fruit mm. can just flush out your system in such a good way. Yeah, that sounds so good. My <laughs> system is flushed. I can feel it. It's too gummy. Been eating a lot of bread. I like. I don't know why this happened. I'm just like. I was like. I'm gonna take a break. <laughs> and then now I have a headache and a clogged up body. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. So question. your question. Question for the next guest. Do you have any inkling as to who it might be? I have invited uh, my friend Vic. He's an. He's of my dad's generation. I think he's uh, French Canadian mm. and he's a very interesting man. Mm. So yeah, you have the privilege of actually knowing <laughs> most times I'm just like, I have no idea who's next. The question for possibly Vic, but maybe not Vic. Um, why 
Are you doing what you're doing? That's like the perfect question for him. You have no idea. Like this, I, w- I want to ask him this. I'm excited to ask him this. Why are you doing what you're doing, Vic? That's awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Th- these have been some of the most uh, rewarding answers to these questions so far. And you've helped me, I think, frame the questions better too. Yeah, no, thank you. When you um, asked, I was like, wow, I'm so busy. I'm like leaving town. I'm like help volunteering at a conference. I was like, I don't have any time. But then I was like, I feel like getting interviewed is such a good way to be like, okay, where am I at? Especially like on the fly. Like, <laughs> how can I describe what I'm doing on the fly? You know? Yes. I think the my, my first episode, I, I caught Fred. Uh, a little bit like that. He even said, "Oh wow, you got me at a good time." I I didn't even see this interview coming. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I didn't have time to make something up. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's it. Yeah. No, you sound great. Thank you so much. My raw notes as they're spread across my bed as a desk. <laughs> uh, so you have a song actually picked out when I asked you if you wanted to review music, and this is the first folk song that we've had on the show. Our, so if you don't mind, uh, I guess I'll just play it now and then we, we can discuss it. Is that, is, that, is that all right? I feel like my body is coming to a want to throw up soon mode, <laughs> which is so, so funny arc of the interview. So if that happens, I'll let you know. <laughs> but I'm, I think I'm giving you a um, 10 to 15 minute warning. Of when I will oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I'm not really used to throwing up because I only did it that one other time, but this kind of feels like that, and maybe my body knows this this um, mode now. So I'm very happy to be chatting with you, especially about this song, and I would not like to do anything else, but there may <laughs> be a time limit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I forgive you. Thank you. I love you. Sweet. All right, so this is Lila June with Mamulad. Six million women thrown to the flames The library is burning, I'll remember their names The first colonization of the human race Didn't happen in America, it happened in the place of mom Mamulan, mother country the people's land The people's soil I hear you calling We've been afraid to look at the best And see the truth that's there But take my hand, let's walk the land to be scared there's an ancient motherland that we have forgotten and great-grandmother's 
burned at the stake for holding the earth in their hands, for holding the earth in their hands, for holding the earth in their hands. Persecuted as witches, warlocks and killers, but these were not evil people. These were Europe's healers. These were Europe's healers. They were healers. We descend from healers. And this old heart of mine, it weeps away. And
In prayer for the healing of women and men throughout time and space, with love and forgiveness, we can arise from this ancient wounding and rededicate ourselves to uplifting and honoring the feminine as the sacred force it is. Yeah, and they're wow. planting free children's hands, planting a little onion. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. It touches all the feels. <laughs> I know. You should, or if you want to, and anyone who may be listening to this, um, she has an interview with um, Amber Magnolia Hill um, on her podcast, Medicine Stories, Amber's podcast. And it's like, it's this video also, you know, it's like, this is her work. And I thought that I was going to like clean the house while I was listening to this podcast. <laughs> I like started sweeping, and then I was just like sweeping crying. and weeping, sweeping and, and weeping. Then, yeah, and then I was just like on the floor, like flat on the floor, just like sobbing. She's oh, she's just like I feel like as as a white person, I'm so often like my pain is nothing compared to the pain of the people living inside of this like horrendous and hateful system like at this moment and i feel like what she does through the video and through that interview and probably through a lot of her work that i haven't yet come across is like she's just like this is real pain you know and this is like this is ancestral pain of the like colonization that preceded the colonization of what is now called the United States and Turtle Island. We live on Turtle Island when we, in a way, we don't really belong here, but we're, yeah, yeah working, working on where we belong. Yeah. And so, yeah, I don't know. I think, I feel like that, that song, oh, I, I cried so hard over that song. Because it's like, I feel like my body remembers having a home, like a real home. Because I feel like in this place, like, I, I am really within, like, a lot of white culture is really trauma like is really like symptomatic of trauma like the way that we re react and like interact with each other yes yes reaction yeah. constant micro reactions yeah. there's like there's the discomfort with just being and being fully there there's this constant reactionism that's oh my gosh yeah and I think, like, I feel so in a constant state of, like, hurt and pain and, like, aloneness or, like, exile or, like, sorrow. And I think that through her work, she kind of is, like, that's real and here's why. And it is sad. And how can we really like touch what it was? Oh, Jesus. And, like, yeah. And like, <laughs> you know, because it's like, 
what I feel like when I first first like started, I tried to make a video about this, but I just couldn't. I had the whole of a man's sewer, like a sewer hole and a cornucopia and a toilet bowl all like layered on top of each other in video. So it's like the same hole. And then I cut all the ocean scenes from um, Pirates of the Caribbean. And I was like, this is where I feel like my life begins is like from whatever, like this is like where whiteness begins. It's like on the boat you know, and I feel like, like, through her work, I've been able to access, like, whatever I remember, whatever I know of before that time, before the, like, fleeing or the, like, whatever energy brought my ancestors over to the ocean, because, like, there are people who stayed, you know, within my cultural lineage, like, there's still people in Ireland, there's still people in Norway, Yep. I don't know, just, like, really be able to touch the pain of all that, like, my ancestors have lost, and, like, nine, you know, like, nine million witches were burned, like, I'm sure that I'm related to at least some of them, you know? Uh, yeah. yeah. And, like, that's sort of, like, the the knowing and the being that I'm just, like, longing for with my whole body. Just, like, through every day, every, like, every morning, every night, every dream. I'm just, like, want to be there. And so... Hmm. That's why I chose this song. <laughs> oh, good heavens. Uh, yeah. So, and I think that we can go, it's not really a back, you know, but I think that what what was taken, what was, like, what was crushed, you know, like, that's a part of its life cycle. And because we want to live, we will grow it again. It just might take a long time. <laughs> Paige, yeah. I, I want to be there uh, mm. for you. I want to be in your community. Whatever mm. that means, even if I'm like in Sedona and you're in Alaska or whatever the hell, I just want you to know that I'm with you there. Uh, thank you. On that, on that yeah, journey. I feel, like so, sure. I feel like when I when we were living at the co-op, I was like, so startled and also like deeply calmed to have like to have been in relationship with you because i was like who is this random older person <laughs> <laughs> that's like doing all these things so feverishly like running <laughs> up the stairs like i feel like every time i saw you you're like running up the stairs it's not like i want a tombstone but if i had one yeah. and it just said random older person <laughs> That would be pretty interesting. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, but I I feel the same way. I feel like my thoughts about, um, like, my scheme of having a commune has, like, sort of morphed into if it happens, that's the thing, but, like, maybe not in this lifetime. But Mm -hmm. rest assured, you're in my – you were – and are in my new evolving commune plans, which is maybe just us writing a children's book. <laughs> <laughs> I am so excited to collaborate with you, yeah. whatever, whatever capacity yeah. uh, that is. Folk music has such a power uh, to convey 
important messages. I, I, I feel like it's one way that people that have been absorbed by whiteness or let themselves get absorbed by it have have tapped into and kept a hold of their indigeneity um, mm. through songwriters like, well, you know, Woody Guthrie and things like that. Although some of these were like gateways to whiteness mm. in a way rather than, rather than healing from. Um, I, I still think that going to like the new folk music, like who is writing the new folk music mm. as opposed to, I don't know, like Grateful Dead, whom there's a lot of people who love Grateful Dead and, and for good reason. Um, but I'm talking about like the other direction towards where, where is the, the raw mm. soulful music coming from people who need to need to access that and who need to share that. Mm. Um, so I'm really thankful that you shared with us Lila June because she seems like just like one of those um, yeah. salt of the earth people we need to hear. Yeah, she is so amazing. <laughs> also, um, folk, folky, and kind of in a different tone, but in a in a sort of like, I feel like more sweet and strange tone is Marie Sue. I don't know if you know her, but if you would be interested, or anyone listening would be interested in looking into her, she's also so good i stumbled upon her her first album which is called buried in teeth i feel like i was just like changed and healed <laughs> and i it's like my it's my favorite album and i listen to it all the time and maybe that's maybe that's all i can say Tell us a little bit about maybe how it makes you feel and why it's important. What it does for me is that it Faces in the rocks feels like they're coming on strong. And I feel like most of her lyrics are kind of in that way of 
being like I feel like I'm back or I'm forward or I'm just like am where I am in this way that is so visceral and connected about like fairy music or something like that I feel like it's always kind of like too sweet or like too creepy for me to really feel like it's in the right zone mm. and I feel like she has them together and it feels kind of like oh of course like this is just us living wow yeah that's and really important. scary <laughs> yeah it's a little it's scary a little sweet that's a bit like life yeah and fairy connections, super important to, to Irish heritage and other heritages too actually know about the little people, how they relate to our world in positive and negative ways. You know, I don't know a lot about music. I, my musical memory is very like I can remember how I felt but I have a hard time remembering the sounds and the rhythms that is such a magical place to be that <laughs> I used to I, I loved that because for me music is still extremely mystical it's a very mystical experience for me to hear music so that place is wonderful you know I don't really care about this where this influences this is just a feeling and maybe if I tune into this Mary Sue then I can tap into that a little bit too I get that feeling with cockatoo twins even though I can also pick out some of what I think is going on in the instrumentation and the voice it's still the the whole picture is 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 like a magic to me with Liz Fraser's vocals and also this mortal coil uh, which is kind of related to that 4AD label stuff. Very, very um, interesting. Oh, that reminds me. Have you heard of Dead Can Dance? Is that the one that you talked about with Belle? Yes. I heard a little bit of that and I was like, ooh, that looks good. Dead Can Dance is very interested in the, um, acknowledging and looking deeper into the roots of um, like the European tragedy. I think he was even asked, you know, why did you do this stuff? And he just like walked out of the interview or he was like refused. He was like, I can't, what do you mean? Why am I doing this? Can't you feel it? Can't you, you know, understand why that, why this is an important music? That's really cool. I'll definitely look. Yeah. I think um, I was thinking about how to describe Marie Sue a little bit more and I feel like do you know Coco Rosie? Yes. She's kind of like I feel like she's kind of like if Coco Rosie like composted all of their tra like the trauma and pain that they bring into their music and then it's like it's so it's sort of like the same tone but instead of the rotting feeling of it it's like the rotting has like heated up and now is really fertile. You've described it perfectly. I can I can imagine that. 
yeah the, that moment where i mean there is that moment where that shit has to become the most excellent compost mm, yeah because i really i really i think that coco rosie is so powerful and also sometimes i feel like when i listen to them and they're like talking about their dad and they're like being their dad with the beard i'm like oh this is like i feel like this is hurting me a little bit <laughs> you know? she totally tries to access that doesn't it's yeah. like and it's like that's like not exactly my trauma you know so i i don't know i'm oh, like i feel yeah. like i always have this question of like am i am i traumatizing myself by like being in, in this music you know Mm, yeah, I actually have been told that when you're in a depressive state or any kind of any kind of transition, you know, just be careful of the music you listen to because, yeah, it can definitely have an effect. Thank you so much. This has been a great uh, episode, and I, I look forward to speaking with you again. Yeah. Oh wow! I think I just discovered a new album of hers that I hadn't known. You're looking at her SoundCloud. That's awesome. <laughs> okay. This album is Grief and Exile. <laughs> oh, uh, hmm, perfect okay. in a way. Yeah. Uh, good luck with your uh, mm, purge. Thank you. It's been wonderful to have you. I hope that you feel better soon. Oh, thank you. Is there anything else you'd like to... Uh, Say to our audience. Um, I forgive you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry. And I love you. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Mm, that felt really nice to say. <laughs>